Wake up! Turn up both alone music up. Just plays, man. Oh me. Wake up, wake up, 502. What's going down, y'all? It is happy Russ Smith Day. Your boy Rashawn Myers joining you bright and early this morning in the Derby City. Man, it is going down to be joined soon by my man Haven Harrington here in the studio, as well as Joe Kelly on the line. And if you couldn't tell, we in the New York State of Mind today, all in honor of our great guest that will be joining us later, Mr. Russell Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, Russ Diculous himself, y'all. He's coming on here as he celebrates getting number two put into the rafters, immortalized forever for the University of Louisville. Cannot wait uh, to discuss that with him, talk about his emotions, go go back. We're going to get into a whole lot of different things. Y'all know we're a little different here on Wake Up 502 uh, with Rashawn Myers. So, you know, we're, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to ask different questions. We're going to uh, kind of dig in a little bit, um, you know, get, get some thoughts and some things that, you know, may, maybe folks want to hear about, but, you know, we have, have never heard before. So um, cannot wait uh, to talk to Russ. Um, that'll be coming up just a bit later. Um, of course, we have so much to get into today. The drama that is University of Louisville basketball always in the forefront. Um, Cardinals did uh, find a way to get a victory uh, on Wednesday uh, evening. That was a much-needed victory over the Boston College Eagles. Um, it was not always pretty, but they got the job done. They got the win uh, and ended the three-game losing streak. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Of course, we have the uh, NFL playoffs uh, getting hot and heavy. Um, you know, the the, the, uh, the all of the great matchups. Now that all the pretenders are gone, I feel like um, everybody who's out there right now, um, they're going to be people that, that are teams that can win championships. Like, I, I really um, – somebody asked me earlier, um, you know, who, who was I liking or who did I think was going to win it. I'm like, truthfully, man, I think literally <laughs> – there can be an argument made for every team that's left. Uh, so, of course, we're going to get into that a little bit later on in hour number two. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do is because I am here uh, and I have control of these lovely airways all to myself right now, I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. I don't have to set it up for Joe. I have to set it for Haven until they get here. I'll look at him. Now he comes popping his head in. But you know what? 
I'm still going to go my way first. I'm going to talk about everything I want to talk about, and Haven can't do anything to stop me. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and get everything kicked off this morning by um, just first kind of going back, um, looking at University of Louisville basketball and, and what they were able to get accomplished um, with the big win. And, and, you know, I know people can say, you know what, Boston College isn't that good. Um, you know, that's a terrible team. But you know what? That Boston College team had just played the Pittsburgh team that destroyed Louisville. They only lost by two points. Um, Louisville went out there and handled that Boston College team at home. It may be just baby steps, um, but I do think that there were at least um, – some corrections. Uh, there were some things that uh, were done better um, that I give uh, Chris Mack for uh, a credit for making those adjustments um, as they were needed. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Louisville still has a very, very long way to go. Um, you know, I, I think that they are um, at least figuring it out. Um, and I think that in my personal opinion, um, I think that does more to frustrate the fans and the reason I say that is because a lot of the things that the fans have been talking about and clamoring for for you know months on end is very similar um, to uh, Scott Satterfield you know because it's like everybody said you know coach you can't keep rushing three coach you can't keep rushing three coach you got to be more aggressive and once he finally did that you know what the defense looked better now you fast forward to the basketball team and it's the same thing. Everybody was pointing out the players uh, that needed to be playing. And you know what? Now that those guys are playing more minutes, wow, they seem to look better. And I feel like the coaches hate the fact that the fans can be right. Like, <laughs> I hate it. I feel like it's one of those things where they feel like, you know what? I'm the coach. I'm going to do what I need to do. I know what I'm doing. I watch these guys all the time. But like we talked about last week, our fans know basketball. So, you know what? We're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the um, the, the key folks uh, and, and people that we saw during that. But I do want to go ahead and bring uh, the studious Mr. Haven Harrington III. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Haven, how are you doing this morning, brother? How about the NFL playoffs? Man? I know. How about those NFL See, playoffs? I'm, I'm joking with you. I'm joking with you. <laughs> hey, we're going to get into that, though. We're going to get into that. No, but seriously, though, man, I, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to see – what Louisville has to offer. Because, like, this Louisville basketball team is horribly inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And so you really don't know how they're going to play from one game to the next. So I'm just kind of curious to see, like, what happens. It's kind of like the football team, actually, because the football team kind of did that. You know, like, they looked really good one week, mm -hmm. and then the next week they kind of fell back into old habits. Yeah. You know, rushing three, we're going to – leave our cornerbacks 10 to 15 yards off the opposing wide receivers so we don't get beat deep and play a very conservative style of ball that, that gets you beat. Um, so I'm just kind of curious to see, like, what what the basketball team looks like, like what the rotation looks like, like who, who's first in, who's first out. You know, ha have they kind of got that part of the equation solved? And is it not too late to save the season? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you know what, and and, and I think it comes down to uh, the personnel, um, you know, uh, but they've shown it. The, the, to me, Haven, I think that the biggest thing or the biggest frustration for fans is that, you know, everybody saw the people that looked, actually looked like they could We've impact seen it all the season. game. Like, like, all season, like literally, <laughs> like literally months ago, like in November, people were like, hey, why isn't Faulkner and Ellis 
getting more run. I mean, it's yeah. obvious that the offense flows better with those guys in there. Yeah. And once Curry got some minutes, it's like, dude, like, why isn't Curry starting? Absolutely. Like, like he's obviously the best big man we have, like, and it's not even close. I mean, I love Malik. He's a great guy. Awesome player. Yeah, he just lost a starting position. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean. Well, I mean, they, they started both of them. They started Malik yeah, and, and, uh, and Sidney together. And I, I'm not a big fan of that either. Well, you know what? And, and it's funny that you should say that because, <laughs> it, no, I, I agree with you because, like, it's very interesting to watch, um, and, and I have to give credit uh, to my boy Marcus Maven. You know, my, Marcus is a guy who I like listening to because he always comes with some very interesting takes because, you know, being a former player, um, he looks at the game within the game and, and, you know, reading the things that are happening on the court that people may not pay much attention to. Um, so I, I, I definitely was along the same lines of thinking of him of just when you watch certain guys out there um, – um, and, and Malik Williams is definitely one of those guys. It's very interesting because I feel like while the team got better uh, once those three guys entered the lineup uh, with Sid Curry, with L. Ellis, and with Mason Faulkner, um, the energy and body language of a couple of the other guys, Malik being one of those, and the other guy being um, Noah Locke, their energy level and their body language is awful. Um, out there, like they're out there and they're playing, but they are they aren't get they are not doing what you know they're not being leaders in terms of how your energy and attitude should affect the rest of the team. Like Malik um, has been very low energy lately, um, and, and I feel like. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if, especially this last game, if he was moping because Sidney got moved into the starting lineup. I don't know if that had something to do with it. But it, it's very funny to watch this Louisville team play. Because, hey, but I kept trying to figure out, like, I know I've seen something like this before, but I don't, couldn't really put my hand on it. Though. When I looked at this University of Louisville team and tried to figure out their problems, and I, I feel like I've found the perfect analogy for what this Louisville basketball team um, has been so far. You know those AAU teams where somebody's daddy got a bunch of money and they put <laughs> together a team to just feature the, his kids? Like his, his sons want to be out there. His sons, you know, he wants them to be the stars. So what he does is he puts his sons all in the lineup, okay, being uh, uh, Malik Williams, Noah Locke, and uh, Jalen uh, Withers. Okay, and basically allow his sons to do whatever they want. And everybody else has to, you know, toe the line, don't shoot too much, don't do too much because I'm going to let my boys shine. That's exactly what Louisville looks like. They looked like, especially early, uh, they looked like an AAU team where you had these kids that didn't have to follow the rules, that could do whatever they wanted to, and everybody else basically had to stay in line and shut up or they weren't going to get to play or they were going to get thrown off the team. <laughs> and that's and that's the that's what it looked like and and for Louisville unfortunately them three kids weren't holding up their end of the bar bargain they're out there dribbling and, and dribbling the ball off the foot and turning the ball over and shooting too much and and it's almost like those guys got held to a different set of standards than anybody else on the team uh you know we saw it from making mistakes in terms of actually running the offense in terms of trying to do too much and taking bad shots um they it, those three guys and it really and truthfully has been all year that it really seems to me while everybody else is trying their hardest to run the offense and do what the coaches are telling them, when they get the ball, they just do whatever the hell they want to. 
And that's probably been my biggest issue, and I think that's one of the reasons that Coach Mack has had such problems um, in uh, controlling this team and keeping this team on the right track because when you hold certain guys to a certain set of rules, like I understand that star players get more rope, okay? And we understand that um, the guys are the best players on the team are going to get a little bit more leeway than everybody else. The problem, Haven, is that these guys aren't good enough. You don't have any that. stars on the team. Yeah, you gotta have stars. You get rope. <laughs> exactly. Like th- these guys don't have. They don't have the ability. Like they're trying to be that. They're pretending as if they are, but they're just not that good. So see the pro- and and I feel like that's a big part of it because when I watch these guys out there on the court, it is so interesting to see how differently. Certain guys play and the standards that they are held to versus everybody else. And, you know, while I see um, L and Mason and these guys out there trying to run the offense, trying to, you know, set up the plays the proper direction, I see guys, you know, going half speed on, on screens. Uh, when they're supposed to roll, they're just kind of floating around to the three-point line because Malik doesn't like to go down low. So now Malik just wants to just go out there and float to the three-point line and shoot 85 threes instead of going down in the, in, in the paint and posting up. And that's why when we see a monster like Curry who's going to pick and he's going to you know set his big butt in the middle of the lane and he's going to open up and get that ball, the fans get so excited. They're like – Oh, my God, we actually have somebody who can get in there, have a presence, get the ball, and do something with it. Consistently. Consistently. He's done it all year. You know, and that's that's the, the, the things that, you know, at this point, and, and I feel like, and this is all on Coach Mack. Like, this is all, this is not Malik's fault. This is not Noah's fault. This is not Jalen's fault. At the end of the day, and Jalen has finally got it together at least a little bit better. He, he's not he's not perfect by any stretch, but he's at least trying to do better of playing within himself. But this all falls at the feet of Coach Mack because Coach Mack watched this, Haven. These boys been here since the end of May. He saw everything we saw all year long. I mean, how many months ago did we say on this very program what the starting lineup probably should be judging on based on the offense that you're trying to run. Chris Mack's old offense and Mannis' offense. Like, we've been saying it all year long. Yeah. And, and all the fans have been saying the same thing. Say, why is the LL starting? He's the only guy that can dribble and drive and get penetration. Yeah. Why isn't Faulkner starting? Because he's the guy that can do the same thing. Why is West starting while he does is dribble from side to side? Yes, he plays great defense. And last game, he got a little aggressive on the offensive end, and it worked out for us. It worked out really well. But no, for, two games ago. Yeah, well, you Last know. game, he was awful. Well, two games ago. Yeah. Boston College, he was terrible. Wow. <laughs> he tries to shoot the ball. But you know what I'm saying. You yeah. know, he tried to be he tried to be, He's trying to be aggressive. He's trying yes, to be aggressive. Absolutely. And now he's no longer dribbling from side to side and passing when he gets the ball on offense. Yes. yes. So it makes the offense flow better even when he's not successful. Just him being aggressive helps the offense flow better because now the defense can focus on five guys to just four. But these are things we saw all year long. Yeah. Like, why haven't we seen the full court press as much more than, than what we have? When it's obvious this team is a good pressing team. Yeah. They showed it already. Yeah. I mean. It, it, what, it, what's going on? Like. 
it, it's crazy. Like I, I like I, I don't I don't understand. It, it's and, and this is why I said this all falls at the feet of coach back because at the end of the day you have to coach your players and you're allowing in some ways the uh, inmates to run the asylum uh, when, when you don't take a hold of it and you know Noah brother you can't dribble so we're not gonna let you dribble stop doing that M- you know Malik you're not a point guard <laughs> you're not KD. Stop dribbling. Stop shooting all those threes. Go down there and post up. And if you don't, I'm going to put Rose in the game. Because we have tons of guys. Absolutely. Tons of guys we can sub in. I can put Rose in there. I can put Gabe in there. I got plenty of guys that will do exactly what they're told, and they're going to play hard. And you can't tell me. But yeah, Rose, yes. No, I think Gabe can play. I think Gabe can give you physicality. I think he can at least be a presence in the middle. Like Malik's getting pushed around. Malik got pushed around so much last game. It was awful. He no. let those two big boys Let's from Boston talk about College. That after the break, because tear that's him my up. biggest gripe uh, with Malik Williams this whole season. 384 1450 is the is the uh call in line. 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We're going to be right back. You are listening to Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 and 1450 AM. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. It's going down. Happy Russ Smith Day to everybody it's out Russ there. It's Russ Smith. Yeah, I'm telling you, Russ Smith. I like that. I like that. But you know, it's going down. We're going to be hitting the, you know, playing New York hitters, coming back from every break in honor of our man, Russ Diculous. Uh, will be joining us soon, so make sure you stay tuned. Check in. If you got any questions, shoot them to the uh, the Thornton's text line, uh, 414-1450. Uh, we'll try to ask Russ while while he's here uh, on the line. Uh, you know, if, if you want to get involved, uh, 502-384-1450 as well as the call-in line. Uh, you know, but we have so much to get into, so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to dig right back in. Me and Haven, we're, you know, we always, you know, talk about the conversations that we have in the breaks like this is not something that we just come in and just do for a show and then we don't think about it anymore like we live eat and breathe sports um so even though haven hates basketball no, I'm just I don't, he, I don't he hate, hate basketball, basketball. <laughs> even though hey you know haven is a football first second and third guy uh you know True. he still has a passion for sports and especially basketball and louisville athletics so he get you know he, he sees What's going on out there? He sees all the things that are happening, just like all of us, and uh, you know that that's why uh, the conversations that we have when we're not on the air are just as good as the ones that happen uh, off the air. Um, but you know, get, getting back into it, Haven, like you know, it, it's it's to me, I feel like. Wednesday was not a cure-all, not at all. Like you know, no, some people ask if Louisville. That's back. like the worst part. You struggled against the worst part of the ACC schedule. Yeah. You struggled mightily. You did. You that, lost, that's scary. You, you should not be NC struggling State. against Pitt. You lost NC State at home. That should never happen. A team that you beat on the road. How do you do, how do you lose at home? I mean, it's okay. So back to what I said before the break about Malik. I was one of the very few U of L fans. I was never like that high on Malik. Yes. I thought he had potential. Yes. To be a, a great player here. Yes. But. He's never shown that potential. To me, he's always seemed kind of soft. Malik is a good role player. Yeah. He, no, he's a guy that if, if he just plays his role, if, if he if he plays hard, he's long. If he's a good defender, 
And he, and he can be that defensive presence and just be a rebounder. Well, he can be when he wants to be. Absolutely. And, and that's the problem. It's like you look at him like this year, he's been like really soft. Like yeah. when he gets in a paint, he lets other guys bully him around, push him around. He doesn't fight for the rebounds. You know, he he doesn't he's, – he's not trying to do that. He's like he's trying to like, – like you said during the break, like he's trying to audition for the NBA. Like let me show these scouts I can dribble and I can shoot. When you get exposed and you can't dribble and shoot, no, I agree with you. Like I, I feel like that's the biggest thing with um, you know several of these guys, um, and I think that that Noah and Malik are definitely two of them. I feel like when they are out there, they are not there for the team. I feel like they are there because they want to showcase their game for the next level, and, and they look like two guys. And we you know we saw some of this stuff happen when Ding Adele, uh was here at Louisville, um, you know, and to a lesser extent with Ray Spalding, uh, where where guys come back for that last quote unquote season, and they start trying to showcase for scouts and showcase for the next level. Hey, these are the things that you are looking for. I want to prove I can do it. So Malik's out there flinging 85 threes up while he's still shooting less than 30%. It's amazing to me how freely they allow Malik to shoot the three when he's shooting such a bad percentage. Like, that's insane to me. First of all, he's a career 27% three-point shooter, okay? And this year he's not much better. I think this year so far he's right at 30%, I do believe. Like, it's it's definitely not – (laughs) <laughs> anything to write home about like it's one of those things where it's like it's better than it has been <laughs> but like you're still not anywhere near where you need to be going out there and chucking up it's not d-league level yet no no and that's the thing it's it's not even d-league level play yet no not at all like like that that's that's the the weird thing about it it's like they they are very comfortable and, and this is why I talk about it. you know coach Mac you, you watched all this and if you thought that you know Malik and Jalen being the initiators of the offense even half of the time then I can't trust you to make decisions about what this team needs because <laughs> it's so obvious <laughs> I mean it'll be different if this was a scrappy team. They just didn't have the talent, but just competed on scrappiness, and you're still trying to pull guys in there and take them out, and they, you know they don't have the skill level to do what you're trying to do, what run what you're trying to run, and all that good stuff. Right. But that's not the case. Right. It's just not the case. You got guys, you started guys that should never have been starting, and it's been obvious since like November that some of these guys should not be starting. Yeah. No, what, uh, and by the way, Malik shooting twenty eight point nine percent. From three this year so far, which would be great if it was like 1990 or 1980 something. That'd be awesome. Well, he wouldn't be shooting. <laughs> Denny Crum <laughs> would say, "Never shoot the ball ever, ever, yes, ever." <laughs> we got Lancaster Gordon. We got Jeff Hall. We're good. You just just go in and and be what you are. And and that's the problem. It's like like Malik had these these illusions of, of grandeur where you know he was going to come back and he was going to be the go to guy and he was going to you know be the guy to lead this. And, and I feel like that's what the coaching staff has just not done a good enough job of you know getting a handle on. I I, I just feel like they have not they have dropped the ball in terms of understanding what this team needs, 
communicating that to the players and then the players executing. Because if you are, like if you're going out there and you're telling Malik, please stop dribbling the ball. Please stop shooting all the threes. Please just do what we need to help this team win. Like, And, and Coach Mack's job is on the line. So like, if you're telling Malik all this stuff and he's just not doing it. He doesn't play. Then he doesn't play. But I feel like the coach is just letting him. Maybe it's the thing like, Malik, we know you want to go to the league. That's like, if you come to the University of Louisville, you want to go to the league. Yes. You want to play in a tournament. That That's what you want to do. You don't yes. come here to do anything else but that. Absolutely. So if that's the case, somebody needs to set Malik down. It's like, listen, your best chance to go to the league is not trying to cross somebody over and shoot threes. That's not how you're going to do it. Let me show you how you can do it. Let's get you back in the paint. And this is not. This Let's is get not you a, back on the block. Absolutely. Let's perfect your mid-range game, which you really you have a great mid-range yeah, game. Yeah, his nice stand, stand still mid-range jump shot, he's good with. Yeah. Now so, the, the the Kobe fade that he tried the other night, the no. sp- the the seventeen foot back down spin fade that that <laughs> that's that that ain't that's it. not true. <laughs> but there's other things you can do, and, and let's perfect that part of your yes, game. Yes, absolutely. And that I, way you can carve out a role. Well, you remember you you, you remember when Montrez Harrell was here. Yeah. And you remember Trez, uh, his junior year, he came back and he decided he was going to showcase his three-point shot. <laughs> and, you know, but through the first several games, we've seen it with several. We've seen it with Otis George, uh, Montrez Harrell. You know, these guys come in, especially in their last year, and they want to start doing what the scouts tell them that they have to be able to, to do to, you know, be successful. And I remember Rick Patino came to, to Trez, and Rick was like, Trez, look, that's not going to be why – you make an NBA roster. The reason you're going to make an NBA roster is because you're ferocious on the boards, you dunk everything, and you play with unbelievable motor. You need to just go out there and do that the best you can. Do what you do best and do it all the time. Prime example, you don't see Oscar Schwebe trying to shoot three-pointers. No. He knows what he does best. No, he may shoot a standstill 15, 17-footer every once in a while if the defense leaves him wide open. And a putback. Yeah. That's but, it. Yeah. Absolutely. But he knows his role, and he would go to the league because he's averaging 18 boards a game almost. Yeah. I mean, look at Sid Curry. Sid, Sid Curry, when Same he's thing. in there, he knows who he is. He knows what he needs to do. He knows how he can be effective and impactful, and that's what he's doing. And I, like I said, I understand the pressure of guys looking at it like this is their last shot, especially for transfers like Locke that came in, uh, you know, and, and they openly talked about the fact that he wanted to show more of his game. He wanted to get out there, have more of the ball handling responsibilities, be more of a facilitator, and do those types of things. But the problem is – That's not you. If the coach sees that you can't do it, I'm okay with even through the first five, six games of the year when you're playing lesser competition. Because if you can't impact and look good against those teams doing that, you're not going to look better against ACC where the coaching is better, the scouting is better, and the players are better. So what you said to a young man like Locke is this. Son, you can't dribble. It is what it is. But I'm going to tell you what I can do. If you play great defense Mm – and you become a great pick-and-pop shooter, which is the preferred offense in the NBA. You can get run playing great defense and just being a spot-up pick-and-pop shooter. So let's work on that. Yeah. like like I, Let's I, work on those two things. It was a very big gamble for Chris Mack to bring in a transfer in Noah Locke and have Locke put into a role where we were going to have to depend on him to be like the – 
ball handling scoring facilitator when he's never done that in his career that was a very big gamble to to bring him over because like literally especially early in the year it was pretty much just give the ball to lock and just let him go and just let him do whatever and he was just shooting god awful shots wasn't getting anybody involved wasn't getting into the paint wasn't uh you know getting assists and he was playing awful defense and and that's that was a gamble that i feel like uh, if he is able to turn things around and make a, a, a NCAA tournament, which I feel is going to be the base minimum for him to be able to uh, keep his employment, I feel like you have to make the tournament. I feel like that's going to be a lesson learned that he will never make that mistake again of bringing a guy in um, that hasn't done what he's trying to do before and you have to depend on. Like if Locke was coming in and wanted to do that and was going to be a, a role play and, you know, bench guy, and he wants to see if he can try to start doing some of those things, okay, fine. You're not coming in. You're not somebody we have to depend on. But I think that that's been one of the biggest issues, especially with taking all these transfers, is that he hasn't gotten guards, especially, that have consistently been in his system. I mean, look at this. Louisville's playing with brand-new guards for the third straight year because he hasn't recruited any kids out of high school or any guys with multiple years of eligibility and kept them on the roster. Like that, that that's a huge issue. It's like Josh Nickelberry would have been one of those guys. He would have been a third third year guy in the system, but they decided that Josh wasn't good enough. So you know, Josh moves on, and, and, and that's the problem. Is that that Louisville has not done a good enough job. It's fine. I'm okay having with taking a transfer or two, but when you bring in so many transfers and you don't have any continuity, especially at the guard positions, that's what people wanted to know why um, Chris Max' success at Louisville has not mirrored what it was at Xavier. Xavier, he kept, kept upperclassmen guards. His guard play was always rock solid. The guys who had the ball in his hand had been there for, you know, three, four years, you know, and he just continued to, to rotate those guys through. So, you know, you have guys that understand what needs to happen, how they need to play. The only guy with experience right now, you have Sam Williamson, who is, is a wing finisher who's not a, a ball-handling distributor. You have Malik Williams, fifth-year guy, um, that definitely can't dribble and do any of those types of things. So you don't have any consistency at the positions that made Mac successful, and that's the problem. Which is the most important position in college basketball are your guards. Yeah. And not to recruit a guard, it's, it's, it's almost criminal at this point. And you have to restart every year. You know what I'm saying? It's like you bring in Kristen Cunningham, you bring in Quan Four, you bring in uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the the one kid's name from the year that uh, was it Cunningham. No, it wasn't. Well, Kristen Cunningham. He was the first year. Um, uh, from from the season that got you know t- taken away because oh. of the COVID. I can't think of the kid's name, but you know you've had some some decent players come in there that played well. But the problem is. They let they were one year players. They're one year rentals. So you needed to bring in even if you didn't bring in an elite point guard and say a two guard, you know, like a Nickelberry. Like the 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 whole reason you want to keep a guy like Josh around is because you hope in your, in his third year that he can do something with it. He can figure some stuff out, right? But you know, but that's always been an issue with Mac. You know, we've always worried about like recruiting guards, like who's that next man up, who's the next guy up, and he's never had that next guy up at the guard. And now he's paying for it. But what, what what makes it worse than that is that the guards he does have, the guys who can dribble, the guys who can handle the ball, the guys who can dish and effectuate the offense, he waited so long to put those guys in together, which is L. Ellison Faulkner. You have guys on the team, but you tried to ride with Locke for way too long when it was obvious it was not going to work. It's been obvious it wasn't going to work. Absolutely. 
I mean, I, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and it's not hard to. And, and what, what is so maddening is not that hard to figure out. It's not that hard at all to figure out. It's lock, pick and pop, set shooter, be Paxton like like the Bulls. You are Paxton. You need okay? to. You're you're a curve. That's yeah. who you are. You yeah. sit there, shoot threes, and play defense. That's all we ask you to do. Pick and pop, shoot threes. LLS, Faulkner, affect the offense. Dribble, drive, dish. Get the Curry in the block. Curry, when you get the ball in the block, go to work. If you double team, kick it out to lock. If lock's covered, re- reset, run it again. It's not that difficult. It's not rocket science, folks. It's not rocket science. I totally agree with you. And we are now being joined by the man, the myth, the legend, at that boy's good, Mr. Joe Kelly. How you doing this morning, sir? Yeah, I'm doing well, fellas. How about y'all? Man, I can't complain, man. It's, it's, it's going down. We're, we're talking about the, the frustrations that are in Louisville basketball as we are very excited on this Russ Smith day to get. Russmas, baby. It's Russmas. <laughs> Russmas. <laughs> I like, that makes me laugh every time you say that. That's hilarious. But, but you know, we, we, we're just kind of, you know, breaking down the issues. Like, like I feel like we've indicated the, the problems. Now, I do think that Chris Mack took um, a step forward. Um, you know, I, I feel like they, they did a good job of identifying at least parts of the issues. Um, and, and, you know, of course, when we get back, I'm going to get Joe's commentary on uh, what he thought about Wednesday as well as we're going to kind of turn the page and talk about what we want to see because Louisville faces the most hated uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish. And, uh, in, in, you know, this has been a classic rivalry going back to the Big East. Um, you know, we've seen Louisville and Notre Dame play some classics. Will it be another one today? I don't know, but I know that Louisville needs this win badly. No pressure. It's just your job on the line, Coach. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wake Up 502 is going down. Rashawn Haven and Joe Kelly joining you here on 96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Wake Up 502 is going down with a little bit of Alicia Keys, New York, as we get ready to celebrate number two being immortalized, Mr. Russ Smith on Russmas. I cannot wait. I'm very, very excited, man. I, You know, I was, I was getting out there. I was like, you know what? It's going to be all Brick City all day long. Anything that has to do with New York, you know what I'm saying, the, the – uh, all the great sounds, tunes, and, and artists that have come out of that city, I feel like we should make that happen. So, uh, you know, very, very, very excited for today. Very, very excited for a packed KFC Yum City. It's very, it's fun. It's so funny. Like, I know people want to say, you know what? We've had these things in the works for so long. Like when they had, you know, the Lamar Jackson, um, you know, getting the number eight put up there. But. <laughs> 
It's just funny because both teams are really having like terrible years. Attendance has been awful. Like there was like five people <laughs> at the Boston College game on Wednesday. So it's like, look, we're gonna re- retire this jersey. Look, can we please get fifteen, sixteen thousand fans in there, please, please? If we ask really nicely. So I mean, it's it's. I I know that these are things that were coming down the pipe, and these are things that were gonna happen. But for University of Louisville, these could these things could not be happening any sooner. Then right now, they need it badly. But hey, you know what? I'm excited about it. I'm very excited to see what uh, this Louisville team can do. I'm very excited to see the fans' reception of Russ um, and, you know, everything, everything. Like, I I just want to um, see my Louisville team do better, fellas. So, and in the spirit of seeing what they need to do better, Joe, I'm going to come to you first. I want to know now that that you've seen, you know, the the double post lineup with Malik and Sid, and you know that they got the win, thirteen point win, not super impressive, but they got it done. What do you need to see um, from here? Like, like from what you saw on the on the court on Wednesday, what what do they need to do now, or, or what what needs to be next? Don't take Sid off the floor ever. I don't <laughs> care if he fouls out. I don't care if he fouls out. Send him back out there. What are they going to do? What are they going to do, Max? <laughs> You know, try it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if we and and the other thing that that we've been we've sort of been complaining about and frustrated with all season, we've been lack of production from the bigs on off the, coming off the bench. So if you can get another, if, if hopefully, and I'm very very hesitant. I feel like uh, the other night was the exception, not the rule. But uh, Mr. Weathers had himself a nice game. We could get yes. we could get some more production like that if we could get anything that that resembles consistency coming off the bench at that at, at that position with him and said then I don't know maybe maybe the season gets turned around those are the two things I've been complaining about it feels like pretty much from day one with this team no I totally agree with you. I like like I I think that that um it it, it is the there's so many. It's it's like a leaky boat, man. It's it's so many th- differing issues. Dude, this is the Titanic. But the the one thing, like when you can find something that you can believe in, uh, and Sid Curry is that, uh, then you got to stick with that as much as possible. Four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Uh, we did have a, a text in here, uh, actually a slightly bit earlier uh, from three three eight one said dope intro. Uh, he he liked the the Cameron. Welcome to New York. Uh, intro and and that was uh, yeah 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 that, that that was courtesy of your boy Joe Kelly uh, you know what worked on putting that that intro together because Joe Joe was like man I need to hear some Cameron if we do in New York so had to get that so appreciate that uh, uh, text into um, uh, the the Twitterverse uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know if any of you all have have been paying attention this week but I got into a bit of a Twitter war. Twitter holy war with the Auburn basketball fans. <laughs> All 12 of them. Like I, the Auburn fans have been blowing up my Twitter timeline like all week because on Tuesday, just to go back to the, the the point of it is, you know, of course, when we were talking about the struggles of Louisville and if Louisville needs to move on, have you know, some folks asked me, you know, who would I look for? Uh, who, who would I, you know, who would be the guys at the top of my list? And, of course, um, I mentioned uh, Mark Jackson. Uh, I mentioned John Beeline. I mentioned Kelvin Sampson of Houston. And I mentioned uh, Bruce Pearl. Uh, 
I, I was like, those are four guys that I felt, you know, you're not going to get, you know, the Jay Wright. You're not going to get, um, you know, in any of those types of guys. Okay, that, that that's not going to happen. They're not going to leave their situations for, for Louisville. But I felt like all four of those coaches are very good coaches that are gettable. Um, and, you know, somebody was like, they asked, you know, do you really think that, that Louisville can get, would be able to get Bruce Pearl? I'm like, Bruce Pearl would leave Auburn in a New York minute, speaking of New York. <laughs> he would he would leave immediately <laughs> to head to Louisville, um, and, and I and people that I've talked to and and had conversations with said that yeah I, I tend to agree with you and these are people that that would know some things uh, so and the Auburn people I don't know how it got to the Auburn people that I said this but then all of a sudden Auburn basketball fans were just coming out of the woodwork. And for the last six days, I have been inundated on my Twitter timeline with Auburn people telling me I'm crazy and that they're a basketball school. And that What is so hard to understand about that? L- L- Louisville is just way, you know, Auburn has everything that Louisville has. Louisville has nothing to offer Auburn basketball. Except for tradition. <laughs> and everything else. Facilities. And facilities. And history. Fans. Fan base. Money. Just, <laughs> you know, just, just small stuff. Number one market for college basketball. An actual city to do stuff in <laughs> versus tip cows in the weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. so An airport, maybe. I mean, I mean, I, I, I believe that we're in a consensus with that. Joe, do you, do you agree with that? Like, I, I don't feel like that's like saying something controversial to say Bruce Pearl would come here on the first thing smoking. Uh, you know, I've said this before. Some days, like it's wild what sets Twitter off, <laughs> and, and it's even wilder when I'm not the culprit. So I just like sit back, you know, and watch it. I'm like, good for for Rashawn. I'm just gonna let him kick this this hornet's nest. <laughs> and I, I was just in disbelief and shock. I'm not even I'm not even making a joke on Auburn fans right now. I'll give them credit, man. Uh, for the tens of people who get rowdy for Auburn football, uh, basketball, man, those the, the tens of people get rowdy. <laughs> They're, I was just like, this can't be real life, man. They got the whole I town mean, tweet, sending, sending me tweets. <laughs> oh, like, I'm amazing. serious. I think, I think somebody climbed up on the roof of their house and yelled, hey, get your cousins, man. There's a dude named Rashawn, and he's talking about our, our Tigers. <laughs> It, it, I, if you want to talk about I, insecurity, I just couldn't believe it. That that, that is like the I, definition of insecurity, Joe. <laughs> guys, I mean, as, as Louisville fans, I've begrudgingly watched this argument from our end in football. You know, where I've I've watched a, and I can't really think of a good comparison to make here recently, but. I mean, just the idea of, of, of I've watched. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying is I've watched our fan base argue with another fan base that we could steal their football coach, and it's like, shut up, man! Jim Harbaugh is not leaving Michigan to come coach Louisville. Shut the hell up. This was not that, right? Bruce Pearl would definitely leave. Where is where is Auburn? In Auburn, Auburn, Auburn Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn, Alabama. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good old Tumors Corner, baby. Where the fans are so crazy I mean, about football, as, they poison trees. <laughs> uh, last thing I'll say about it, as far as as Auburn basketball goes, you know, I'm not as good as I used to be when I was younger, but I'm. 
pretty good at being able to name a handful of players from any college. And the only basketball players from Auburn I can name are Chris Porter, Charles Barkley, and Chuck Person. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Damian Fishback. I, I, I remember Damian Fishback because I believe that Damian was from from Kentucky, I believe. So I, I remember him, and he was, he was pretty good. But that's you gotta take it. your word for it. Yeah. You got to take your word for it because I've never heard of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell me your cousin Skillet played for Auburn. I'd be yeah. like, well, I, I, I guess so. I mean, unless they're like super, super recent, like Sharif Cooper. I know, you know, of course, he was a, he was a freshman at Auburn last year, went to the NBA draft. But, yeah, it's very – my Auburn basketball player Rolodex is very limited. Hey, but good good for them, man. I mean, you know, what the, I think the funniest part to me is that – and maybe it's a, it's a Kentucky bias thing because we are a basketball state, but I, I've always believed that every basketball program is, is a football program in waiting. You know, every, every fan of college basketball – wishes their their football program was as good as their basketball program. It just it is what it is. The Auburn fans showed me yesterday that you can be a football program who's desperate to be a basketball program and I didn't know it worked like that. No, not at all. Like that 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 is a very shocking development. Like I, I, I just never knew. Like I that they the Auburn fans said that basketball was just important to them as football. That's <laughs> like, okay. All right. It's, you know, from, from, from does that say more about does that say more about where Auburn football is or what Bruce Pearl has done with basketball? I, I mean, they, I, they I have know. the number one pick in the NBA draft currently playing for them, so I understand the excitement. It's it's the same excitement that Louisville had when they had Lamar Jackson. You know, so they don't want to hear you know fans of rival schools wanting to come and take away their their precious from them to to borrow a line from Lord of the Rings but you know it's one of those things where you know what when a coach does a good job the the big the bigger dogs on the porch are going to come sniffing around your bowl you got a steak in your bowl we want that steak that's the way it works big yeah, fish eat little fish i would i would have to think that if if pearl ends his career coaching at auburn it's because he's just so toxic nobody will take the risk agreed but i mean he's doing just fine at, at auburn so he's doing he's doing an awesome job like that, that and at the end of the day that's the whole thing and, and like it's like i like i advise the auburn fans like this is not a um slight it's not a slight to him it's actually a compliment for how great a job he's doing i mean auburn is a basketball graveyard and this man has uh you know He's doing things at Auburn that, that have not been done, like literally. Like, yeah, Sharif Cooper had amazing, you know, freshman season last year with the NBA. Now he's got uh, Jabari Smith, who's going to probably be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Like, he's got it rolling. Coach Pearl's got it rolling, man. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. And you know what's next? Got a very special guest coming up top of the hour. We're going to go ahead, hit the break, run these commercials, and then when we get back, we're going to get it rolling. Wake up 502. Rashawn Haven Joe taking care of you. Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. Merry Rustmas.
make an adjustment and not allow Louisville to let the ball just go up the court before they touch it. You can see if they're inching up just a little bit. And welcome back, welcome back, Wake Up 502, one of the great great moments in this man's illustrious career, Russ Smith with the dagger in his All-American juniors, or excuse me, senior season at the University of Louisville as he put down the most hated Cincinnati Bearcats and joining us on the line right now, the Rusticulous one himself, Mr. Russ Smith. Russ, how you doing this morning, brother? How's it going, man? I'm all right. Good, 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 good. So, all right, Russ. Today is the day. Russmas. Right? I, I, <laughs> Haven has been saying Russmas all morning. That's got, he's got to be cracking up, man. But I, I need to know, how are you feeling this morning? Today, number two gets immortalized, goes up in the rafters forever. How are you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, just never, you know, I never would have thought coming in, you know, how, how this would play out. Uh, but to be here in this moment is special, and my family here, so um, I'm just I'm just very excited. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Russ, I, I, I'm going to get it rolling and uh, have Haven and Joe on the line, and I'm sure they have uh, some questions for you as well. But just to kind of let you know, like, I, I got into this business as a recruiting guy. So anytime Louisville got a commitment, you know what I'm saying, the first thing I do is find out everything. I want to know, you know, who he is, what high school he went to, you know, what what's his game like? So when when they first made the announcement, you know, of course you you were um not a uh, uh a highly thought of prospect coming out of high school. So, you know, I had to go digging to find everything I could find out. Okay, the first thing I hear, Russ Smith, Archbishop Malloy, New York City. I'm like, ooh, I I heard that name before. Led yeah. the Catholic League in scoring? Like, first of all, I want to know for you. Growing up, man, like, where did you get your game from? Like, you have a very different, aggressive, offensive style of basketball. Where did that come from? Man, uh, I got to say, my, my, you know, my dad, we, we, he had me on the basketball court competing at a, at a young age. And um, just just playing one-on-one and being in the parks, playing Utah 21 uh, with, my, with my friends or, or strangers. Um, and trying to win every time and trying to compete every time. You just pick up different instincts. And one of those was scoring. Like, I just mm-hmm. I just put the ball in the basket. And, um, and then also it was defending. My dad made sure that I had that part to my game. So that that just kind of, as I got older, just, just transgressing to, to being the player I am and coming here at Louisville. Um, Coach P kind of made sure that I was disciplined to do that every game. Man, that is awesome, awesome, Russell. So Russell, this this is a Haven, the other <clears throat> one, other host here of the uh, Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Man, 
What was it like when you first stepped on the court and, and put that red and black and white on, man? Like, like, what was that feeling like? Man, the first first time I threw that, I ain't gonna lie. It was the first time I threw the jersey on. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be here <laughs> next year. <laughs> like, the, like the little Magic Johnson uh, thing. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be here. Like that's that was that was me when I first threw the jersey on. But like my sophomore year, when I when I put it on for real, um, and and I was able to perform and play, I knew this was the place for me to finish out my my career and make something happen. That's what's up. That's what's up, Joe. You got a question? Yeah, Russ. This is Joe Kelly. Uh, last time I was up in New York, man, I stopped by your pops barbershop, and uh, he introduced. Man, uh, the UFL fans to your younger brothers, man, had them in there. Gosh, I don't even know how young they were. This is probably six years ago. They had them in there dribbling, dribbling with their off hands. What? Uh, how, how's their game progressing? And can we be seeing another Russ Smith at UFL in our future? Man, I don't, uh, they, them two little dudes is cold. Um, <laughs> I feel, like they cold. They, 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 they are way ahead of me. Um, for as far as knowledge of the game, and I was at their age. Um, one of the dudes, um, you know, he he likes to pass. He's a pass first guard, and his jump his jumper is so pretty. Um, nice follow through, and he just thinks the game out in a really cerebral way. And um, for him, he's eleven for his age. That's that's amazing. He's gonna make a great pro. And then my my youngest brother, um, he's eight. Uh, he plays twelve and under, and um, he plays on the team. He's a he's one of their their main players. Like he scores that thing. Uh he reminds me of uh like his his body, his build. Um he's just as big as the eleven year old. So uh um he's gonna be a big I think he's gonna be, be a big guard. Um and I don't know where they're gonna go to school. With the with the way it's going now, like these guys could jump straight out of the eighth grade into the into the pros, <laughs> like the way, just the way it's going. Like you just never know. Like these guys, can, you know, do two years, two and a half years of high school, and next thing you know, they'll be playing summer league. Like I have no idea. But uh, when the time comes, um, my dad is experienced, so especially going through all this with me, uh, we'll know where to put them. That's what's up. The next generation of Smiths getting buckets already. That's what I'm talking about. But I, I'm surprised you said he's passed first. I thought I thought it, the the rule in the Smith household was shoot first and ask questions later. I thought that was the way it went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. Man. Pull, pull your pull your ratchet out first and fire away, and, and that's ask questions get asked later. Like that's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> so Russ, I, I, I'm gonna tell you. Like for me, man, like. The the coming out, quote-unquote, coming out party for me when I think about your career, and, and I want to know just this whole scenario, how it went. Of course, um, Louisville's playing uh, in the regional final uh, versus Florida. Uh, Peyton picks up that fifth foul, goes out of the game, and basically you have to get the ball and you have to make it happen. If Louisville's going to make it to a final four, uh, it largely rested on – you know, you've been able to take care of the ball, make the plays for the team to be able to get you guys back to the Final Four. Can you just talk about what through, went through your head in that scenario and just how that whole thing played out? What 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 was going on with that? 
man, I remember when Peyton fouled out, and I'm looking at him like, why you do that? <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> cause now, cause now I'm going to get in trouble because because I'm not going, yeah, I'm not going to do what he what he does, and you know we gonna lose. It's gonna be my fault. Like I'm like, why you do that, Pay? But you know, but um, I was just he threw me at the one. I just wanted to make sure I did everything right as possible. Um, listen to Coach P, ran whatever he ran. But you know, ironically, Coach P was calling all the plays for me. He was like, you know what, you know, screw these sets. We gonna get this ball screen and just go downhill. <laughs> and go go make a play, go get a bucket. And then if, you know, we didn't have that, uh, Coach would draw it up because Shane had a mismatch. He was like, hey, just drop the ball down to, Shay, down to Shane, Shane go, get, Shane go get a bucket. And that's what we did the whole last six minutes, and we just locked in on defense. If we knew if we, if we knew we could stop them from scoring, you know, that the problem was we couldn't take no bad shots to give them an easy one. And, um, we did a really good job uh, doing that, and it worked out. And um, you know, we got we got a chance to live another day. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, Russ, I'm gonna ask you this question, man. What is your favorite memory of being a Cardinal, man? Like all the time you spent on the campus, winning national championship and everything else. But like, what is like your favorite memory at being at Louisville? Yeah, I, you know what? It's, it's, this answer is going to stay, stay the same. I would just say it's the, it was it was my experience as a student. You know, like I'm I'm up late, um, I'm bouncing around dorm to dorm with friends. Um, I'm on I'm on campus doing student activities, meeting my friends in the rec center. We playing ping pong and we just we just being students. Like you know, up late playing the game, three to four in the morning, um, walking across campus, McDonald's. Um, kicking it with some of the people that are in the frats, some of the people in SAE and Teaks. Um, it was, it was just, it was just, just being a student for me and um, seeing those guys at the game, and um, then after going to going to hang out with them. Um, so I, I had like intimate relationships with a lot of the students there, and um, we and I, and I and we all grew to be be close friends even now. That's what's up. That's what's up. So like. What's next for Russ? What can we look forward to? What's the future hold? Nice, man. Balling with the mad ass <laughs> right now. I need to know is are you, is is that call up coming? What's what's going on with that? Yeah, they, yeah, they you know they gotta they gotta they, somebody gotta buzz my phone. Like I'm playing like you know 23 minutes, but I'm getting you know 22 a game, two assists, two boards. Like I'm not turning the ball over at all. So like you know it's obvious that I can still uh, do this. Um, so now I'm just waiting. But what's next for real? Um, I'm um, outside of basketball. I'm transcending into another, another lane, another industry. I've been in this industry for about four or five years, um, and um, the the liquor industry. I have the, the Mister and Misses. We just sold out in two and a half, three weeks. Wow! Um, and the product's flying off the shelves. Fans and supporters are are, are hoarding the product. You know they're, they're they're buying in bulk and just keeping it, not opening it. So there's a there's a supply and demand issue there. <laughs> wow, that's what's up? What's, you know what? So let, you know what? Uh, let's go a little bit deeper down that rabbit hole, man. Why, why don't you give us a whole sales pitch? You said, "Well, I couldn't hear you." I'm sorry. I said, "Uh, let's go deeper down that rabbit hole, man. Why don't you give us a whole oh, sales yeah. pitch?" The sales pitch, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so here we go. We got we got four labels. We got blue green 
red and black label. Uh, so I'll start with the red label. The red label is 125 proof cash shrimp, right? And the notes, butterscotch, candy corn, and cash shrimp, uh, means it's, it's, fr- it's fresh out the barrel. And so that made the red label. We shaved, we shaved the 125 down to the 110 and, you know, got the green label. And we shaved, and then we, uh, shaved that down to 90 and got the blue label. So the blue, green, and the red are like all from the same family, all butterscotch, all candy corn, um, and all vanilla, vanilla notes. And that's what I aged with. I aged, you know, four or five years that I've been working on this project. Um, I tasted it when it was about a year old. And, you know, those three were my, were my picks um, and my partners. The, the black label was a 12-year, um, finished in Cabernet cast. Um, the premium, the premium label, and um, it's just it's just really smooth whiskey, um, I, and I think it I think it's um, it can compete with the with the industry's top spirits. Um, so you know there you have it. You know you got your four labels. Um, you got to make sure you find one because these things are sold out, and there's only you know one of a kind. <laughs> Give us a website, man. I I, I need a website I, I can go to to look at it to to see it, to touch it. The web the website uh um, I think it's Mister it's Mister Mitchburn dot com but it's all it's all it's over Liquor Barn and um it's uh it's on Liquor Barn's uh, site so I think Mister Mitchburn dot com. Hey, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I'm like super impressed. Like this man did not just put his handsome face on the bottle, y'all. Did y'all hear that breakdown? Like. <laughs> I'm impressed, brother. Like that was that was good. Hey, you, you are ready. This it, brother's ready at a, at a drop of a dime. I looked at Haven when he asked. I was like, I don't know if, if Russ really want. You know, if he's right. No, this is this this is what I this is what I do, man. This is what I do. I have to. Yeah, I, this is like cause this is my industry now. So yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have to be able to be you know as hands on as I am, and 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 because of that, you know. I have to be able to, to to break all that down. That's impressive. That's, That's impressive, man. You made this man a Kentuckian for real. Hey, Good for world. real, real talk, real talk. Hey, did, did you think when you were hooping as as a little man up up in NYC, man, that you'd be a, a bourbon connoisseur slash you know proprietor? Did 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 you see that in your future? Man, I had no idea. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had no idea. But I always wanted to be in the liquor industry. Okay, but I, you know, I wanted to be in it. You know, I didn't want to just. I didn't want to just be like, you know, brand ambassador, like, you know, how Pete Diddy is or right. 50 Cent is, you know, like Jay-Z was an inspiration because, you know, he was a, he was a little bit more hands-on than, than people think and starting the brand, but I know he was the face of it, but he was a bit more hands-on on the business side. Like, I love what he did with Ace of Spades, like that whole story and, um, and how he, you know, just took that, took an $8 champagne and made it a a thousand dollar champagne and um that that story is just amazing so what i wanted to do was i wanted to be involved on the on the back end side on the industrial the dry goods and on the business side and um then you know the then the good juice you know the juice itself itself um so that's uh you know i'm just happy i was i got in the industry that's what's up. You are once again listening to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. We're being joined by one of Brooklyn's finest, Mr. Russ Smith, number two being immortalized today forever 
on Rustmith Day. Uh, uh, Rustmith, baby, Rustmith. Rustmith, yes, the, the, the Havens Monica Rustmith. Uh, Joe, you got one more question for Russ? I appreciate the time you're giving us this morning, Russ. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, man, uh, now, now we have to establish that the NCAA, you know, because they won't let you have too much fun. One of the uh, one of the the flyers they put on NIL is that you can't you can't be out there endorsing alcohol even if you are twenty one. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, your your bourbon dreams would have had to still go on hold. But <laughs> let's say that uh, the NIL had existed when Russ Ridiculous was on campus. What would what would have been the dream pairing for you, sir? What 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 deal would you have been happy with? Um. Honestly, uh. My time there was, you know, I was around a lot of five-star recruits, and um, it was it would have been a little different for me maybe until the second half of my junior year, and my but my senior year, oh. I probably would have like yeah, I came back from my senior year. Out of that would have been nice. Um, I would like to say, probably, I would say the most ideal um, thing would have been like the Waffle House. Yes. I don't think there would have been no no <laughs> better, uh, you know. Bond or bondage than me in the Waffle House. Like you can find me there now. Like I like the people know me there. <laughs> yes. Hey, there we go. Hey, hey I, I felt that one coming. I, I heard as soon as Joe asked the question, I said he's gonna say Waffle House. Watch. <laughs> yeah, it gotta be. It gotta be the Waffle House. It's it's not even a question. It's, yeah, we would have. We would have. That deal would have been a done, done, done deal. Signed, sealed, delivered. So, Russ, let, let let me ask you. You know, for every kid that grows up in this city. You know, this is a basketball crazy society. The, the, we know the names: Daryl Griffith, Charlie Tyree, Wes Unsell, Purvis Ellison. Like we learned those names from the beginning of our Cardinal fanhood, and it means something. Now, the fifth name on that list is going to be Russ Smith. What does that mean to you, man? That means, you know, that means, you know, uh, in a world full of politics and, you know, favoritism and, you know, all that, all that, all that stuff that, you know, people kind of, you know, shake their head towards and, and get disappointed, disappointed over that there's still, there's still, you know, chivalry in the, in the game of basketball and, and working hard. And, um, there's still, um, people and organizations that, that know when and how to, give someone their flowers, you know, while they're still here, while they're still in their prime and um while they're still young and be able to have a family, you know, celebrate him. Because um, right now, like to, to be to have my family here and see this, um, that's that's the best part. Um they could have waited decades and, you know, my grandmother could have been gone, my dad or mom not gonna work could have been gone. Some of the fans probably would have been gone or would have went or would have left the city. Mm-hmm. But to do this do this right now in a, in a time where all the students I went to school with, majority of them are still here, all the friends I made here, alive, um, some, most of the fans, you know, it's only eight years removed, seven years removed, you know, they're still alive, um, just to see me, you know, get my get my flowers, um, that, that brings a smile on my face, warms my heart, and um, I think all, all the kids... Um, watching all all the kids that look up should know that you know that guy worked hard and uh, you know he's a man and people.
Russ, that is beautiful, brother. I appreciate it. Congratulations, man. I'm very, very excited. I cannot wait for o'clock this afternoon. KFC Yum Center. It is going down. Russ Smith, appreciate all the time this morning, brother. And uh, you are definitely welcome back anytime to talk bourbon, basketball, anything else, man. I appreciate your time this morning. My sir. Man. All right, my brother. Love, of course. All right. all right. Big ups to Brooklyn, brother. We out. Yes, sir. All right, now. <laughs> Have a good one, Russ. Thanks. <laughs> Have a good one. Man, that's what's up, man. That dude right there. Like, just the, the, the best thing, like, for as great a basketball player as Russ was. And, and you know what? Everybody, um, you know, talked about he didn't have the, the best Final Four. Um, you know, he, he did not up actually end up making the all-tournament team, which, you know, was kind of ridiculous when you look back at it. I was like, let me see how good Russ was during that run to the national championship. Russ averaged over 22 points per game in that tournament. Like, brother was putting in buckets the whole tournament and then back that up by having an All-American for consensus first team senior season would have been the Waffle House man of the year had they allowed NIL. <laughs> like that dude is is a great player, but he is a much better person, a great message. He is very learned. Um, I was very, very impressed with his conversations about the bourbon. I'm just I, I fellas, I'm blown away with the whole interview. I'm telling you, it's, it, 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 oh. was, it was amazing. Joe Kelly's speechless. I know. I feel like he's choking. Always a, a good bit. time. <laughs> but you know it's, what? Uh, I, 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 I guess we, we should go ahead and take that this next break. We're a little, we a little bit late. We're going to go ahead and get this last little break in, fellas. When we get back, we got to talk about some of these things going on, uh, you know, uh, on the uh, NFL playoffs. We're also going to give expectations of what's going to happen with uh, um, – with the uh, uh, with the not only the playoffs but with Louisville Boston College or excuse me Louisville Notre Dame on the court we're going to get into that and much much more you are listening to Wake Up 502 Rashad Haven Joe we'll be back 96.1 FM Big X Sports Radio And welcome back, welcome back. Wake up, 502 is going down. Rashad Myers, Haven Heritage, Joe Kelly. Once again, big thanks out to the man of the day, Mr. Russ Smith, for joining us in the last segment to talk all things bourbon and basketball. Uh, no one heard that. Say that one more time, sir. That's what no for you. <laughs> I know. I mean, hey, I have. <laughs> it, it, like, like I told everybody last week, y'all don't know. I actually run all this stuff in here. So, like, if Haven gets on my nerves and is talking too much, him and Joe, I can just mute him. It's fun. I like being on this side. <laughs> but I don't even want to talk football right now. I know. That's amazing. That's crazy. Just be happy. I want to talk some more basketball, baby. What? Yes. Oh, my God. But not Louisville, Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Kentucky, Auburn. Ooh, tasty. The sexy matchup. I mean, you know, quite honestly, I thought this Louisville team would kind of play like Kentucky at the beginning of the season, a kind of a scrappy team that would 
know, Claw's way to the to the tourney would be a you know like a five or six C type of type of squad mm-hmm. and would be crafty and blah 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 blah. No, I was wrong on both accounts. One, Kentucky's a lot better than I thought they were, and we're a thousand times worse than I thought we would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? This could be the the audition for Bruce Pearl for the Louisville job. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, like Auburn, uh, Auburn, Kentucky is probably the game of the day. Uh, a clash of two the two SEC Titans. I cannot wait uh, to see. I believe these two are in first place in the SEC right now in the standing. So um, th- I believe this game will be clash for of first Titans, place. Babies, clash of Titans. Yeah. You know, I-, I watched the Kentucky Texas A&M game, and Ty Ty Washington Wheeler had like really, really, really bad games. I mean, they they had horrible, epically bad games for those two guys. But they could, but Texas A&M, with all the energy, the place was sold out. It was crazy. The undefeated at home, but they could never put Kentucky away. Kentucky always hung around. They were shot horribly from the three point line. It was like at one point, I think it was like one for twelve from the three point line. Mm-hmm. But they pulled it out. Yeah, they, 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 they found they, a way. They found a way to win. That's that says a lot about your team. When they're still scrapping, they still they're still fighting. They play within themselves. They play within the system, and they find a way to pull it out. No doubt. I mean, and, and you know what? And and that's a credit once again. I mean, like I said, John Calipari's been doing this for a while. Last year, it was crazy how bad they were. It was funny. It was it was very entertaining for all us Louisville fans to watch UK just be god awful and just terrible. Um, but you know, I mean, Coach Cal has has had a penchant for being able to get a lot of new players, putting them out there, and getting them to work together. Um, and, and I mean, it's just another thing. I think Ty Ty Washington's been everything uh, that he was hyped up to be uh, since he's gotten there. I mean, the the, the kid is just uh, he's a, he's a sniper. You know, I mean, and like you said, he didn't have the greatest game, but when you have that monster. In the middle, like Sheboy. Oh my God, he's just a beast. Sheboy's just Lord. ridiculous, man. He's he's. I never thought he would do this coming over from uh, West Virginia. Like like at West Virginia, he was a malcontent. He was always you know fussing and arguing and upset and then you know being a little lazy and and not doing it. Like he recommitted everything to his craft, and that brother is is getting everything he deserves right now. I mean, he's balling. Like, I can't hate on that. Like I, I may despise that blue with every fiber of my being. But game recognizes game. Game recognizes game. That brother is balling. So you know, I, I cannot wait to watch that game. I want to see. Like I, it's going to be a, a very athletic affair. Like a, like we talked about earlier, Jabari Smith, man, is is probably. I mean, he's probably taking over Paolo Banchero as the number one. Um, prospect in the NBA draft. Like, Smith has been ridiculous. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, what per- Pearl just knows not only is Bruce Pearl a um, very good coach, and all, and not only is he a very good motivator, but he knows how to get the right guys, and when he gets those guys in his system, everybody gets better. Like, that, that that's what coaching is, is, you know, knowing what guys you need, and then once you get them there, making them better than they were previously. I mean, Smith was, he was a top, he was a five-star player. Uh, he was, a, I believe, number seven overall by most uh, rating services coming in. So, I mean, he was a well-thought-of player. Um, but he has taken that young man's game 
to an elite, elite level. Um, you know, and while a lot of people uh, were looking at a lot of different guys, including Chet Holmgren, Paulo Banchero coming into the year, as probably the f- battling it out for one and two uh, with a couple of other guys, you know, Imani Bates and, and those type guys. But, you know, Smith has been half man, half amazing this year. And if you have not watched Auburn play uh, this year, um, do yourself a favor. It's going to be a very fun game. Um, you know, I, I don't know what time the game is today. Um, as long as it's not on at the same time as Louisville. If, if Louisville's on, I'm watching the Louisville game. But, you know, if, if Kentucky, I, I would like to think, especially with that type of matchup, it would be um, a primetime matchup. But uh, definitely check them out. Check them out. It's going to be a fun basketball game. So uh, I cannot wait to see what happens with that. Um, Haven, I I, want to know, uh, of course, before we move on. Oh, it's 1 p.m. There we go on CBS. So it's definitely primetime. I was thinking evening time, but uh, 1 o'clock CBS, Kentucky-Auburn, number two. You got NFL NFL playoffs, man. Yeah. You got NFL playoffs. Playoffs playoffs don't start till 4, though, right? 4.30. Yeah, I was gonna say no. They don't start till four thirty. That's why they. That's, that's why they're one o'clock. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that's. Yeah, co- I'm slow on it. College college hoops are not gonna make uh, make make Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or any of those guys take a back seat on a Saturday evening. Fair. No, no, you're we absolutely love, we right. We love college hoops. I always think Sundays. Yes, yeah, so I still get get. It's still funny just thinking about NFL Saturday. I just I don't know. You know, stay on Sunday. Wasn't it kind of weird? The, isn't the Monday night playoff weird to anybody else? Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike it. I, this is not old man shouts at at, at uh, Cloud. <laughs> it's just weird, you know. I'm like, I don't uh, necessarily I'm like sure. it just because it just seems like it puts that team at a disadvantage for one less day of preparation and rest. I don't like that. Like, I, I feel like uh, you're just a salty Raiders fan. <laughs> the, the super short week. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I just I I think that everybody like especially when it comes to the playoff and especially when we're talking football where guys are, you know, this is a collision sport. Guys having as much rest as possible is super important. So I don't necessarily like a Monday play. Like when I saw that it was going to be a Monday game with the uh the Rams uh, you know, and and who was it? Rams and 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 Cardinals. Yes. Uh, it was. I I was just kind of like, I, I don't know if I like that just because you get one less day of rest than the team you're playing. Like I, I I don't know, not a fan, Joe. Not a fan. That's a disservice to the Rams. Um, you know what I'm saying just just I'm my, with you. My my personal opinion. Uh, but um, about the games today. Um, uh, before we officially turn over to the playoffs and talk about uh, when we get back from this uh next break, uh, we're gonna get into uh, your thoughts on the games of the week. I do want to know as far as this Louisville Notre Dame game. Uh, well, any picks for the Kentucky Auburn game? What, what y'all think is gonna happen? Y'all think Auburn gets it done? Auburn is at home, so you know that, that, that I would I would think down in the jungle uh, they Man, are a four know, point favorite. I hate to say this, but I really do like this Kentucky team a lot. Mm, on the road, I do. I mean, just in general, I like this Kentucky team. They, they play so well together. I mean, it's like these guys have been like on campus like for years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they, they, <laughs> they mean, do have chemistry. They absolutely have chemistry. Everybody knows what their job is. Everybody does their job. And it's pretty seamless, and they play some very good defense. And Calipari's doing a fantabulous job. And Obi Toppin's little brother's balling. Jacob's balling. I mean, and, it, and Calipari's doing a great job of his substitution patterns. He knows when and where to play guys. I I still think Auburn is probably going to get it done, but I I think this will be Clash of Titans. I would not be surprised if Kentucky pulls this out, especially if Ty Ty has a good game <clears throat> and plays like 
we think he can play, like he should play, Kentucky will win if Ty Ty plays like he should play. If not, if he has another off game, I'm going to have to give it to, to Auburn. Well, I, I've been inundated by the Auburn fans all day, and they've advised me that the jungle, which is what they call the uh, student section there at Auburn at their little bitty Cracker Jack Arena of 8,000-plus, uh, they said it's the, the most challenging environment in all of college basketball because Jimmy Dykes said so. Well, I you know, Jimmy Dykes thinks that everything in the SEC is better than sliced bread. But in this case, I do think that he is on – point with that that place is going to be rocking it's going to be crazy i actually think auburn's going to get it done and i it, it won't be a blowout but i think they're going to win rather comfortably actually. and she will still get his 15 boards oh, she boy's going to do his thing uh but you know that Toppin versus smith matchup just from an athletic standpoint is going to be something to watch like him like that that, that matchup of brooks and Toppin versus smith is going to be the um that's going to be where this game is is one a loss joe what do you think I'm going to go with Auburn today. Yeah. Uh, they got they got Kentucky at home. I do really like this Kentucky team. I've I've been telling all of my my friends that are that cheer for the wrong team. This is exactly the kind of Cal roster that that should really put fear in you if, if you see them in your side of the bracket. Cal is at his best when he's got a a guy at the five that can just clean up all and do all the dirty work. And a point guard that likes to dribble and drive. And when he's got that, man, that's what those have been the scariest years, I think. Outside of uh, you know, the, the team that was well, one of the teams that was supposed to go forty and oh. The thirty eight and one team. Yeah, the, the chemistry. I mean, the chemistry is is rock solid with them. So no, I I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, this Kentucky team has a chance. They're gonna have a chance to make some noise, no doubt. Uh, what 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 do y'all think about the the Louisville game today? Louisville Notre Dame uh, predictions. Uh, give me Notre Dame by seven. Oh, wow, by seven. Okay, Joe. Man, I'm gonna regret doing this. <laughs> I, my heart tells me that it's the. Yeah, Notre Dame, but it's Rustmas. So, if 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 we can't have nice things on Rust on Rustmas, well, folks, yes, we're just doomed. Yes, sir. Hey, I agree with you. You know what? With the energy of that Russ Smith brings in this building, I think Louisville gets it done. Um, I, I do think that they will win. I'd say. About by the same seven points that Haven's given Notre Dame, I think that's what Louisville gets to win by, 67-60. Cards get it. Cards roll. You know what? You are listening to Wake Up 502. We got one more break, and when we come back, we're breaking down those NFL playoffs, getting favorite games of the week. Is it time for Bengals uh, to rise up? I don't know. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris, and Joe Kelly. We'll be right back. Yours. The world is 
Hey, 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 welcome back, welcome back, wake up 502 is going down, whose world is this? Today we all just living in Russ Smith's world, man, we just trying to have fun while we there. It's going down, happy Russ Smith's, Russ Smith day number two, immortalized forever in the annals of UofL basketball lore. Like I said, we all know the four names. Anybody who's been a Louisville fan, we know them, we see them. Their pictures up in the Yum Center in the rafters. Griff, Wes, Charlie, Purvis. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows the accolades. So Russ joining that group um, is truly an honor. I think he really, really understands that. I think he's very, he's the type of person, his humility, um, to be able to accept and understand the uh what that means um so very very excited um to see that happen uh and uh, just very very once again appreciative of russ joining us this morning on his day uh to make it happen just makes it that more special for us uh but we are going to go ahead turn the page as we get through these last about 12 minutes of of showtime left haven let's talk some nfl playoffs let's talk about I do have you muted again. That's funny. That that, that was funny because you came back <laughs> Throw, throwing. Yeah, yeah. Came in hot. He came in hot, and, and everybody missed it. But no, <laughs> but you said the wrong thing anyway. No, no I was actually I was making fun about my Cowboys. Oh gosh, I had zero faith in them, and they proved <laughs> me correct. They did not show up at all during the playoff game. It's like the last quarter, and it's like let's score some points. Can we just call it like the curse of of Tony Romo or something? Like they cannot think, win playoff games. I don't think Dallas has won a playoff game since like Danny White was quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's been like that long. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, they're a much better team than the 49ers. Number one offense in the NFL this year. It couldn't do squat. I mean, you had a cornerback that had, what, 13, 14 picks all the season. You had, like, all these defensive players that were just monsters. Like, I just – the Cowboys, man, they they, they are the joke. They- the, me- <laughs> the, the messed up part about the Cowboys is and, – and watching Michael Irvin and former Cowboys explain this, Troy Aikman as well, it's got to be so defeating. They were like, look at the roster. There's no place that you go, we have to, this is the problem. If we just fix this, we're good. They're like, we had an edge rusher. We had a turnover machine in the secondary. We had the best offense. What more do you want? I yeah, mean, the offensive line could have been better. But yeah, two running backs, two explosive running backs. Like, I just, they couldn't get it done. They, they melted. Dak Prescott had one of his best seasons of his career. You know, and all the hate that Lamar Jackson gets. Oh, yeah. All that should be directed towards Dak Prescott, who has a better team, better defense, better offense. They were healthy. They had playmakers all over the place. And Dak Prescott still can't get it done. <laughs> he still can't get it done. But, yet he gets like a multi-trillion dollar deal. Why? Why? Yes, you're a great regular season quarterback. That's awesome. And you have exactly the same playoff wins. I actually have one less playoff win than one Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying. I can feel the frustration in your voice, Haven. I'm sorry. This yeah, is... he's got less wins than Blake Bortles. 
So let's let's talk about the local teams first because both of our quote unquote local affiliates are playing each other. You have the Bengals taking on the the Titans. Uh, you know, our man Sean said, "Please give my Titans a shout out on your show today." So shout out to Sean, your Titans. The Titans are underrated. I'm gonna tell you right now that the Titans number one seed in the AFC. The, don't don't know how that happened, but I'm telling you, man, a lot of people don't have faith in the Titans because they're not the sexy pick, and I, I get that. I get that. Tanny Hill is, is not like the sexy quarterback. He's he's not the franchise guy that's going to sell jerseys. And if you told me that up. the Titans would be able to win without King Henry, that is that right there is the story of the century. I don't even know who the Titans coach is. Is Jeff Fisher still coach? No, it's uh, oh, the, the the old Patriots uh, Patriots guy. I can't think of his name. But <laughs> I, the the fact that the Titans were able to win, and yes, I know they they went out and they. Uh, you know, got got some high price free agents, and I know they have some guys, but just the fact that like King Henry was their whole thing, he's back. But they won like all the like they were even supposed to make the playoffs, and not only did they make the playoffs, they number one seed. Like that's a coaching job for the, the like the I don't ages. I don't feel like the Titans have gotten nearly as much respect as they should. They have haven't. Gotten. They haven't. That's what I've been saying. They have not gotten the respect they deserve. Tanny Hill is. A very, very good quarterback that gets, like, zero respect. Their defense is good. They're just an all-around solid old-school team. I think that's the problem. They're a throwback exactly. football team. It's like the 60s. Just punch in the mouth. We're going to run it down your throats and dare to stop us. Yes, we're not going to beat you with a, a super awesome passing attack. It's just going to be just enough passing attack with great defense because we know defense wins championships. Stop us. And people have not been well, able to figure out how to stop them. It's funny how in the NFL, you know, you kind of expect it, I think, in college. But in the NFL, it's wild to me when, or, or in any pro sport for that matter, when a franchise maintains their their identity. And we saw it out of Pittsburgh for years until they finally adopted to, to the you know the offensive mold of, of today's game. We saw it with, with Baltimore forever. This is a classic throwback Tennessee Titans team, man. This is like the Eddie George, Steve McNair teams, the the Keith Bullock teams uh, in the 2000s with with CJ2K, where they just grind the ball and play killer defense. You know, you remember when the old division was was Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. You knew there were there were going to be what six games a year between Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Tennessee that were just Bring the smelling salts. Four one four fourteen. Sort of. I'm sorry, Josh. I was just gonna say this four, is that sort of Tennessee team. Absolutely, no, I agree with you. And four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. We actually had a text just in about the Titans. Said the Titans have beaten eight playoff teams. That's cr- like that's crazy. Like that is crazy how good they've been this year. Like it's like I I thought once I heard that that Henry was going going down. You know. Possibly for the season, but definitely wouldn't be back until these playoffs. I was like, "Oh, they're done. Tennessee's not going anywhere. Like you hang it up like that. That that's their whole identity. There's no chance on this green or on guys green earth that they're going to be able to make it. And, and they, yet here we are. They have thrived. Like that's super impressive. Super impressive. Like like absolutely. So of course on the other side we have Joe Burrow, uh, the the fighting Bengals uh, of Cincinnati, uh, just. An amazing rise, young, brash, 
aggressive offensive team. You got Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, of course, Jamar Chase, who uh, put up Randy Moss type numbers this year. Like just uh, every time I look at his numbers, man, eighty one catches, fourteen hundred fifty five yards, thirteen touchdowns. Every time I look at that, it makes me laugh. That dude's a beast. Unbelievable. Just, He's a beast. Good Lord, a man is good. Like, that's crazy. Like, like th- this Bengals team is as fun to watch and as exciting to watch as anybody. And Joe Burrow is the goods. Like, that kid is the real deal, Holyfield. Like, I I thought that, you know, I was like, you know what? Any quarterback can go to LSU with all those guys. And if they're okay, then they should be all right. So, you know, like I never really gave him the credit for how good he was at LSU when they won that title just because they had so many players. I mean, look at that team. Like they half of that team, if not that whole team, is in the NFL now. So, like I never really thought he was that good. But, my goodness, that dude is ridiculous. The only, the only argument I'm going to make against the Bengals is, and Jamar Chase, record-breaking, you know, record-setting number. Yeah, he put up, he put up numbers that are – Literally only rivaled by Randy Moss. Uh, but I was really big going into that draft that they should have, that they, they needed to select Penny Sewell. They have got to protect Joe Burrow, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm, because, and maybe this is my paranoia of, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I'm 39 years old and I've seen this story before. <laughs> it's called the Bengals get young talent, things, things to be excited about, and then the universe Bengals them. And, Burrow was one of, if not the most hit quarterbacks in the league. He was in the top three this year. So that's all. That's the only thing I'm going to say for the Bengals fans is y'all, y'all have heard, y'all have seen this song and dance before, man. So enjoy it, enjoy it, but get the man some protection because every time he gets hit, I cringe because I, I just feel like any good player in the backfield of Cincinnati is one bad hit away from. What a shoulda, coulda. Which why I think the Titans are going to win because in the last game against the Raiders, the uh, Bengals' defensive line got banged up quite a bit against the Raiders. Yeah, they did. So losing the nose tackle and a couple other guys, man, Titans. There we go. The next game, to the ne- next game day is the easy one. 49ers, Packers. Yeah, 49ers will have a chance in hell of winning. No chance. Oh, whatever, man. Let's, let's go Niners, man. Let's go Niners. Get <laughs> that idiot from Green Bay up. No, no chance Jimmy G gets it done. <laughs> None. The Packers are 8-0 at home this year. And it's going to be about 13 I'm, degrees. <laughs> man, Aaron Rodgers, I can't think of another dude who has completely just blown up all his goodwill, like, so quickly. Where it's, it's to be honest with you guys, like, I don't even care that he's Andy Baxter. It's just you're being an idiot about it. You can't spend 28 minutes on ESPN, 28 minutes on the mothership, and close out your statements with, they have silenced me. You just got 28 minutes <laughs> on the biggest soapbox for, for sports, man. Uh, you can't do 30 minutes of airtime and say you've been canceled. That is not how it works, sir. Right. Go Niners. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, though? I, the 49ers have been banged up. They're just now getting healthy. They really had a great and strong second half of the year. I think this game's going to be close. Like, I, I still like the Packers to win, but I think it's going to be closer than the uh, than the analysts think it's going to be. Now, how about the game of the weekend? Bills, Chiefs. Ooh. Offense. Ooh. That's going to be a offense, battle. Offense, offense, man. I don't know. The Bills are fun. 
Yeah. The Bills are a lot of fun to watch. And, I, and I'll tell you who else is. And it's, it's why I'm not writing off that NFC game that we just talked about. In the first three quarters of a football game, Kyle Shanahan dials it up. Now, I don't know what the man does in the fourth quarter. He he loses all confidence. It's it's Satterfield on steroids. But, uh, now, I man, Buffalo, I, th- I think, I think Buffalo's going to give Kansas City a game. I agree. Give them uh, everything they can. No, I, I agree. I think that's, I think both of the games on Sunday are going to be the Rams, Bucks, and yeah. the Bills, Chiefs. Yeah, both of those games are going to be toss ups. They're going to be epic battles. I think they could go either way um, with both of them. Like, I, I, I'm going to just get my popcorn ready and just, like, watch. Watch a good, watch a good brawl. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be unbelievable. But, fellas, it has been an absolutely great day. Once again, thanks to Russ Smith uh, for all his time this morning. Uh, we got a lot going on today, fellas. Football, basketball, Kentucky, Auburn getting it going first at 1 o'clock. Appreciate your time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrison, Joe Kelly, and we out. Wake up 502.